heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash you are locked on Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome back to another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, we've got plenty to get to. Uh, to get to by now, you know that there's been a change at the quarterback position. We'll be discussing that. All parties involved: Tannehill, Cutler, and more, uh, including my film study project of Jay Cutler, up now on ThirdAndTen.com. Also on this episode, the last installment of the roster preview, looking at the linebackers and specialists. But before we get into that, uh, if you guys are a fan of the show and you want to help me out, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also check out the family of Locked On Sports podcast. Locked On Sports is the fastest growing podcast network on the market, so spread the word so we can continue to grow this thing and build a, a strong podcast for you Dolphins fans. And last thing before we dive into the show, you can go ahead and catch me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL, where I tweet out analysis, stats, and anything Miami Dolphins throughout the course of the day. All right, housekeeping taken care of, and as you guys know, it has been an eventful last five or six days, depending on when you listen to this episode. The quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, Ryan Tannehill, down with a knee injury. Very sad to see Adam Gaze was was talking pretty strongly of Ryan Tannehill this offseason. The reports were that the knee was fine. It was recovered. The stem cell, street, stem cell treatment and rehab had taken full effect, and the knee was supposed to be fine. I actually mentioned on the last podcast episode that Ryan Tannehill was looking awfully spry, quote-unquote, at Dolphins practice, but that didn't work out so well. Tannehill now contemplating surgery on the knee. I'm sure that's going to be the case and the step they take as the Dolphins have now signed a new quarterback, and he has been brought to camp, signed, sealed, and delivered. He's supposed to be in Davie, Florida on Monday morning, uh, recording this Sunday night, so probably tomorrow morning to get things finalized, and then probably going to see him on the practice field on Tuesday, and I doubt he plays in the preseason game on Thursday, but Jay Cutler, uh, now a Miami Dolphin, unretiring from the Fox analyst position that he had acquired in the offseason, out of retirement and back into the NFL and onto your Miami Dolphins roster, where he will challenge Matt Moore for the starting position 
Although I think that we can all safely agree that Matt Moore is not going to be the starter of this football team. They brought in Jay Cutler on an incentive-based deal, $5 million for one year with five more, five million more in bonuses and then $3 million additional in incentives. So Jay Cutler has quite a bit of incentive to get out there and play, and that's kind of been the knock on him throughout his career, a lack of motivation and a lack of desire to really become the quarterback that we all knew that he was capable of becoming out of Vanderbilt and his time at Denver, at Chicago, and now here in Miami. The guy has an amazing arm, an amazing skill set, amazing arm talent. Just never really put it together. Has never been to the postseason. Has a losing career record, although I'm not one to really buy into quarterback wins and losses. But it's there for you to look at. He's never been a part of a winning team. Does have past experience with gays. And as I mentioned in that 3rd uh, and 10 piece on 3rdand10.com, I broke down every single snap Jay Cutler took in 2015 with Adam Gaze. And found a lot to like about him. And then there's obviously plenty that you dislike about the guy. I mean, obviously, you're not going to love everything when the quarterback has had such an up-and-down career, especially the last year in Chicago where things just kind of bottomed out and his career kind of came to a screeching halt there in Chicago with the Bears faltering so poorly as they did last year. I do think you need to be excited a little bit about what he can do with Adam Gaze and that is being that is Jay Cutler. I think that he can do a lot of things that Ryan Tannehill did. The, the offense was essentially identical from the Dolphins in 2016 as it was for the Bears in 2015. A lot of short passing game, short controlled passing game. They utilize the athleticism on play action boots, get the quarterback out of the pocket, get him moving, getting throwing on the getting get him throwing on the run and attacking the line of scrimmage. Now something that Jay Cutler does a lot better than Ryan Tannehill is he has a better sense of pressure around him and an ability to kind of tuck his body and turtle into the offensive line as pressure evolves around him and engulfs him. And then he kind of squeezes out of the pocket left, right, or down the middle. And he likes to challenge line of scrimmage to set himself up in a position to throw rather than being a runner first. So he wants to throw first, run second. But that's not to say that he can't run because Adam Gaze did call up quite a bit of zone read when he was in Chicago with Jay Cutler and Matt Forte and... The other running back was Jeremy Lankford there at the time, now Jordan Howard. But then it was Jeremy Lankford that year with Gaze, and they ran a lot of zone read, and Cutler would keep a lot of those, tuck a lot of those read options back into his body and take it around the edge and pick up some big yardage too. I got some gifs on that post. Uh, it's called The Book on Jay Cutler in Miami on 3rd10.com right now. It's the front page story, so check that out. A lot of good gifs of there on there of Cutler running with the football, attacking the line of scrimmage, throwing on the move, Taking advantage of Alshon Jeffrey's size, which I think that plays a lot into Devontae Parker's size and ability, two kind of similar players with similar skill sets that I think Jay Cutler can really bring the most out of Devontae Parker, at least not as much as Ryan Tannehill probably would have, but more than Matt Moore would have. So Cutler's got a good, lot of good strengths, good arm talent, can challenge every, every blade of grass on the field. He can throw the deep comebacks the deep outs, the deep digs, the short passes. He does struggle from here and there on some stuff in the flat area. If you notice, they run some little slat-flat combinations on the right side of the, of the formation where the tight end will leak out to the right side up basically along the line of scrimmage, and the receiver will run a quick slant in behind the linebacker, and they'll try to get that linebacker to make a decision and throw all based on that. Cutler has a problem with those throws. For whatever reason it is, I'm not really sure, but it tends to sail or go wide. And just his consistency in mechanics in general can get kind of sloppy. You'll notice the gifs I posted on that on that post on 3rd10.com also display a lot of inconsistencies and where his feet are kind of happy and jumping around or he's not getting his feet set. He's not driving into his plant leg and driving the football down the field. So he has some deficiencies. Obviously, there's a reason that he's retired when it sounded like he didn't really want to come out of retirement or maybe he did. 
Maybe he challenged free agency earlier in the year and decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and call this. My personal belief is that he didn't want to play for a team like Cleveland or Chicago anymore for that instance, for that matter. And Adam Gaze in Miami kind of became the ideal scenario for Jay Cutler to continue the NFL career at 34 years old and go back to the, the coach that he had the best year of his career with in 2015 in Chicago. Now, Jay Cutler's competition is Matt Moore. We all know what Matt Moore is. He played up and down at the end of the season last year. I went back and charted those four games. Wasn't quite as impressed with Matt Moore in those games. He missed some throws here and there. Doesn't really offer you to keep the same playbook that Adam Gaze wanted to employ with Ryan Tannehill. Now, if you're a big fan of Jeff Darlington, who was used to be a Miami beat writer, local beat writer in Miami, is now working at ESPN. He's still kind of the de facto go-to guy when it comes to Miami Dolphins information, and it gives him that national scale too, which is kind of nice to have. But he had a tweet where he mentioned he spoke with Adam Gaze this, it was, I think it was last week, he spoke with Adam Gaze, and Adam Gaze said, Ryan Tannehill is going to have, quote, a monster year this year. So you really believe in Ryan Tannehill from Adam Gaze's perspective, and it's it's a shame that the offense won't get to see that, but at least you can transition into Jay Cutler where the offense stays the same. So the receivers, the offensive linemen, the running backs all have the same responsibilities as opposed to Matt Moore, who can't quite do as many things as Jay Cutler can. Although he did a lot of great things for the Dolphins late in that year, I will never forget him for for helping the Dolphins get into the postseason and really becoming the best season we've had in eight years since 2008. But he just doesn't quite offer the same skill set that Jay Cutler does and limits the offense compared to what Adam Gaze wants to do. So while Matt Moore, he'll probably start the preseason game on Thursday. Actually, I guarantee he'll start the game on Thursday against the Falcons. But I imagine by week two, you'll have Jay Cutler running things and getting everyone up to speed with how the offense is going to be opening day against Tampa Bay Buccaneers on September the 10th down in Miami. So Matt Moore becomes the backup again, back to the role where he's most comfortable with. And you have to wonder how much that has to do with his durability and his ability to be available. I mean, the guy had a concussion last year in preseason. He almost got knocked out in that Pittsburgh playoff game as well. So limited playing time. The guy gets banged around a lot, not the most reliable. And Jay Cutler's coming off of a shoulder surgery himself. So he's not exactly uh, a picture of health at this point either, but he gives you the best opportunity to be sustained success throughout the course of a 16 game season and the best opportunity to get back into the postseason which is what the Dolphins aspirations are I mean prior to the Tannehill injury we all dreamed that we could challenge the Patriots that's probably going to be out the window this year just put it on ice for another year Ryan Tannehill likely going to have surgery and uh, that's getting to that point now likely going to have surgery this week the timetable for his return, I'd imagine they'd fix that ACL up. Most quarterbacks or players that get the ACL, it's about a six-month, seven-month thing now. So you get the surgery in August, he'll be a he'll be a participant in spring ball, and then come next August, next training camp, you're gonna have Ryan Tannehill back at full strength. And I know the Dolphins don't owe him any guaranteed money next year, but you hear the way Adam Gaze talks about him. You watch his tape, it's that simple. He's the quarterback of this team. There's no questions about that. Jay Cutler's here for one year to hold the fort down to continue the progress the Dolphins have built under Adam Gaze, maintain that continuity, which has been the theme all offseason, right? We talked about that. The theme of continuity, getting the offensive line kind of back and gelled in the same type of form with Jermon Bushrod, Craig Urbeck, those type of names, the same running game. They want to develop that continuity with you know Kenny Stills coming back, Rashad Jones coming back, Andre Branch. I've been over this a million times, but that's the theme of the offseason. Jay Cutler gives you the best opportunity for that even over Matt Moore, who the offense has to be changed for. It's really not a good dynamic that they had set up in the first place with Tannehill and Moore because they weren't really complementary players. You want your one quarterback to be complementary to your two quarterback, or I guess vice versa, your two to be complementary to your starting quarterback. That way the offense doesn't really skip a beat when 
he has to come into the game or the backup has to come into the game. So that's what the Dolphins are looking at right now. It'll be Jay Cutler opening day, Matt Moore, the backup role, and then Ryan Tannehill is going to be your quarterback next year. Going to get that surgery done. That's not official yet. That's what I'm telling you. I'm 99% sure that's what's going to happen. So don't count out Ryan Tannehill. His 2018 season will be a vengeance on the league like nothing is ever like you've never seen before, and we can all be excited about that. But that is in the future. We are in the now, in the present. We have a season coming up here in less than a month. I guess, or a little more than a month, I should say. And let's just talk a little bit about, before we get to the linebackers and specialist uh, preview for the camp roster, let's talk about the emotions of the last five days because I I need to talk about it a little bit. It's been a pretty crazy one. I recorded the episode with you guys right after the news broke that Tannehill was structurally okay in his knee, according to reports. That morning, I woke up to texts and, and, and phone calls and different types of things on social media telling me, are you alive still? Because people were, were worried about my well-being with Ryan Tannehill going down in practice. So we go from thinking our quarterback's out to having him back available to the Super Bowl run is back on, right? Like we're going to go back to being this team we all thought we were going to be. Then the news drops about six hours later that evening during the the inaugural, or not inaugural, but the Hall of Fame game that is an annual party, a celebration type of thing to kick off the NFL season. We get the news that Ryan Tannehill is going to probably miss some time because that knee is not stable like we had heard. And then Friday morning comes, we hear about Jay Cutler, we hear about all this good stuff that he can do, and then that deal's back off the table after presumptively being done. And then Saturday comes back, and and it's kind of the same whirlwind of misinformation and misreporting. And then this morning, Sunday morning, you find out that they do have him, I guess, Sunday afternoon on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. So Sunday morning for me is about 1030 my time when Jay Cutler's uh, ink dried on the on the contract. So he's in camp. He's here. And that's what's going to happen. And I, it's it's really weird, man. I did not think I'd be watching Jay Cutler film a month prior to the season or ever, for that matter, after he retired. I thought Ryan Tannehill was going to be the guy for a long time here. And he still will be. But this year, we're stuck with Jay Cutler for better or worse, I think he gives you a ceiling of about 9 to 10 wins at most if he plays his best games consistently throughout the year. At worst, you could see this thing bottoming it out at 6 or 7 wins. I don't think it's going to get any worse than that. This roster is too talented to fall off that much from the playoff berth last year. So that's kind of where we're at now. And let's get into this preview of the linebackers and specialists. I have a list of the linebackers here in front of me. You guys all know these names. The starters, it's been this way in practice for a few days now, or I I should say for about a week now. Kiko Alonso kicks over to the weak side. We know what he's capable of. He's kind of plays off instinct and kind of shoots into the gaps and fires and throws his body around. And he's kind of wishy-washy in coverage, but he gives you enough to where you can keep him on the field. Raekwon McMillan has slid into the Mike linebacker position. Love everything I've heard about the kid. Think he's going to be an absolute superstar. 20 years old, thumper, downhill, no false steps. Just a, a, tr- a tremendous looking player so far. Strong sides, the veteran presence, Lawrence Timmons. We've talked about him plenty. He's going to give you a guy that can rush the edge, that can play the run, can play the pass, and probably just give you a variety of snaps across different formations on the defense. So those are your three starters, even though you really only start two linebackers in today's NFL. It'll be interesting to see who gets the majority of the nickel reps with the way the linebackers are more of a two down base linebackers these days in the NFL. So keep an eye on that during the preseason, uh, particularly the games number two and three with the veterans like Alonzo and Timmons, the backups, Neville Hewitt. We all know about him. He's been a special teams guy for a while and kind of a spot player when we needed him, a good run defender. Don't want him in coverage. He's pretty aggressive and pulls his trigger pretty good, but he cannot cover worth a damn. Uh, also Mike hole. He's a middle linebacker backup candidate, 
has that big neck roll he rolls around with. Got an interception late last year in the Arizona game. Pretty sure tackler, good special teamer, so he'll be a guy that sticks. The one that I'm curious to see is Deion Lacey from the CFL. This is a guy that had 10 offers from around the NFL and chose to play in Miami because he was told he'd have an opportunity to get playing time down here. So you hope that that's the case. I really want to see what he looks like. Uh, Could be the next Cameron Wake, hopefully. I mean, probably not, but that's what you hope for. And then some other guys that are kind of just there in in camp. Uh, The two undrafted free agents, Chase Allen, was actually one of the Dolphins' big targets and got some guaranteed money. So check, keep an eye out for Chase Allen. And then I'm going to try my best to pronounce this name, but praise Martin (laughs) Oguake. I know I butchered that, but hang out with me here or hang with me here. He's a rookie guy that has an uh, undrafted rookie that has some upside as well. So keep an eye on him during the preseason. Trevor Riley comes over. He's kind of been around the AFC East block with the Jets and Patriots previously before coming here. And then Brandon Watts played with the Minnesota Vikings a little bit. Was a seventh round draft pick in 2013. So he's got some NFL experience as well. And those are your linebackers. Uh, same same story with those guys. Or same story with the special teams players as it's been for a while now. Your punter is going to be... Matt Darr, I thought he had a pretty down year last year, not very good kicking the football, not a lot of hang time, struggled to pin opponents deep. And then Andrew Franks, he was kind of saved by that field goal in the Buffalo game, the uh, dramatic late 54-yarder or whatever it was. But prior to that, his long was 44 yards, and he was so inconsistent that, I mean, I know he only missed, I think, one extra point, but even every extra point that he kicked, it was kind of, you know, you're just kind of holding your breath, hoping that that it went up through the uprights, so... Those guys are back. I don't love it, but it is what it is. And then the final one that's back is the longest tenured Miami Dolphin, John Denny, Mr. Long Snapper himself, get down and cover a punt and and recover some fumbles here and there. So he's back. The veteran leader of the special teams group is back, and good to have him back. So I think both those groups, or the linebacker group, should be much improved from last year. You hope that the kicking group can be improved because both kickers were pretty bad last year, and then the specialist is what he is, just a long snapper that gets it done every time. So that that will uh, wrap up the camp preview, or the positional preview, I should say, for training camp, and that also will wrap up today's show. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, guys. It really helps us out a lot. Leave me a five-star rating and review. That gets me bumped up on iTunes, gets me more popular, and allows me to do more podcasts and bring you guys more coverage. And check out the other Locked On Sports podcast for your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me at Wingfield NFL and check out thirdand10.com, guys. It's a quarterback website. I, I have a lot of Dolphins influences in there. There's a Ryan Tannehill piece, a Jay Ajayi in the zone blocking scheme piece, as well as a really detailed about 30 GIFs worth of scouting and a report on Jay Cutler, thirdand10.com. Check that out. And uh, check back tomorrow for another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. Fins up. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org catalyst.